0: hey there welcome to motorcycles and misfits here at the recycle garage in sunny santa cruz california Hey everyone, this is Liza, and boy, we've had a great day in the garage. You know how, uh, for me, a great way to tell it was a good day is by how far up my arms the dirt goes when I have to go in and clean up. And this went all the way up to the elbows today. That is a good day. Uh, with me in the uh, Zoom meeting, we've got Micah. Hey! And Charlie. Fish
1: pillows. Fish pillows
0: okay <laughs> all right and of course we've got elaine trouser bandit it's miss emma
2: see this is what happens when the host mutes you
0: um, <laughs> <laughs> miss Queasy. um
2: i've got to say i mean the one of the advantages of being on zoom is we get to see people at home and charlie and micah are the picture of domestic bliss Even <laughs> <laughs> what's that I'm even embroidering currently. You are embroidering <laughs> on his jeans. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and coming to us from the safety of his kitchen, it's Knock.
3: What's up, dickheads?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Dude,
4: how uh, food I cooked for you the other night?
3: Oh, real quick announcement. Congratulations to Megan. Mean Megan, she just had a goddamn yeah, baby. Yeah, yeah. she oh, yeah, a of a baby. Yeah, eight pounds, seven ounces, 20
5: inches
6: long.
3: Wow. I uh, forgot his middle name. Elliot Hans. Elliot.
2: Yeah, so I was, was going to ask if it was a boy baby or For a here. girl baby. So it's a boy baby. Yeah.
5: Yep.
7: I can't believe it the entire pregnancy before finding <laughs> out the gender. That's just crazy.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 Just crazy talk. Crazy. Uh, also with us, oh, wearing his uh, hot pink shirt again tonight. It is Nicky Jim.
4: Hey, 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 only love can drive out hate, son.
2: Wise words, Jim. And a strong
0: uppercut.
4: And a fucking kiss the uppercut, Nazi. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and lastly, only a brave redhead would wear an orange shirt. It's bagel. <laughs>
6: I can't believe it's knock butter. <laughs>
0: Wow! Wow. How many years did it take for that one to come up? That's disgusting, man! Right off top of my head. That's
2: just remarkable.
6: (laughs) Wow!
0: (laughs) Couldn't
3: resist. I'm sorry. True. I feel like I need to like copyright that or something.
0: (laughs) so um Make big
1: actual butter and
0: yeah that. hey you know we we've we've given away all of the evil Evil toys i hope people are out there playing with them and i know a lot of people bought theirs too um i want to see videos man send me your videos yeah, videos of yeah. your gnarly jumps uh I, I'm went, disapp- I was gonna say i went to a party yesterday and i took evil Evil with me to the party we had some fun with him
6: Nice.
4: <laughs> I I'm really surprised and kind of disappointed that Cleveland Moto has not got an evil can evil video going yet. I, I keep know. expecting them mm. to come something come heavy. Come heavy with evil.
1: We're calling you out. I well, mean because
2: no, Sleepy's they, got the drones. Yeah. No, they're legit motorcyclists, so they don't have
0: time for toys. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did want to share though, because um I found some on eBay and this is a a public service announcement, a warning, whatever you want to say. But I found on eBay the California Creations 2020 uh, release of the EK Stunt Cycle, the one we're giving away. Knock, do you see how much they're charging for that? $230. What? $230, or it's 45 Damn. directly from the company. Wow. Cacreations So I just want to make sure people aren't going on to eBay and falling for that. It said four sold already.
6: Jeez. Yeah. Don't get ripped off. It's probably the one with the bad flywheel weights too. Probably. No, it's the brand.
0: It's the brand new one. Um. So yeah. So watch out for that. Um. And also another news. I got my um, my back. My new uh, brake light for my for my helmet. Break free. Oh, break free? Oh, yeah. yeah, break free. They've been shipping nice. theirs out. Emma, did
2: you get yours yet? I haven't got mine yet, and I'm expecting it any day. So um,
0: it, it will be coming.
2: Yeah, if we don't sick. get it by the end of the week, I'll be yelling at Alex. Is this <laughs> is this the final build? Did they, uh... Yes. Yep. Okay,
4: cool. So is this different than the prototype you'd been wearing?
0: Um everything's exactly the same. But the switch that I had so much trouble with, that's a push button yeah. switch. This one got Fixed, so it's a little bit easier. Um, oh, I think okay. they just used a different Size, switch in there, but other than that, everything looks yeah. The yeah the 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 model that I had that I was testing is pretty much the final thing. So now cool. I have an extra one. Not sure what I'm going to do with it. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. But um, I just remind everyone that uh, Break Free Tech. Go check it out. Get one of those. They are good yep. stuff. Um, and then uh, another announcement. Emma and I were doing a thing if you haven't seen it yet uh Emma I'm thinking of changing the name is it, we're only one episode in is it I hope it's not too late to change the name
2: no change oh. away darling I think I think people are more interested in the content than the name
0: so we were calling it misfits and motorcycles but now I think I think we're just going to be the misfits how about, what do you think of that Emma
2: well, neither of us are misses. Neither of us are fit, so I think it's appropriate.
0: <laughs> yes. So I think uh, I think we'll just be the misfits rather than misfits and motorcycles. Yeah. I I think think
2: so. is, is this gonna
3: be like the Prince thing where it's like the two chicks formerly known as the Misfits artist <laughs> <like> situation? Are <laughs> okay. okay. we talking
4: you about where you get matching satin jackets like, yes! like jackets? Yes. No, that good.
2: Um. So, if we go down the Prince route, I have to choose a symbol that yeah, exactly. represents me.
5: Mm.
3: Yeah. There you mm. go.
2: Pearls. Mm. Mm. I wonder. It lo- I-, I think it looks suspiciously like a bottle of gin.
5: Yeah. With like a genie
2: coming out of it, and I'm the genie coming out of the bottle of gin. It's Probably like a pine cone or something. In. Yeah, a pine cone. There you go.
0: <laughs> I think my Perfect. symbol's going to be that... Um, the, that sign they have for no dogs peeing that one you know
4: <laughs> i think that would be cool don't pee on me yeah
0: i know so <laughs> um so Emma and i the misfits uh yeah. we started making videos if you haven't checked it out uh last week we released the first one called dude where'd my oil go mm-hmm. and <laughs> it explains uh in detail Where's your oil going? If you have a bike that's burning oil, where's it going? And is it a problem?
4: I thought Dirty it was a great killed. video. I, it was very educational and easy to understand. Right. It was one of the, the most easy to understand explanations I've ever seen.
2: And that's the point I want to make about these videos. If you were looking by, for a step-by-step instructional video on how to dismantle your bike, this ain't it. Mm-mm. But what it is, is a overview of what can be complex systems on motorcycles. And just a basic overview presented in such a way that it's easy to understand. Hopefully. Yes. And how much is the subscription to this?
0: It's on YouTube. It's free. It's free. It's free. How cool is that? It's Um, high
2: value for money.
0: So we have a new one that we're going to be releasing. The only problem is, uh, I mean, we've only recorded two. We have to find the time um, to record. Uh, Thanks to Bagel and John for helping us on this last shoot and for Jim uh, for helping us on the first shoot. Um, Already we've got good crew members, so everyone is learning. We're getting better at it, but the Uh new one... Uh, we'll be. I'll be releasing. I don't know. Should I put it up tonight or should I wait till like Wednesday?
2: Yeah, put it up tonight. You yeah. might as well. Do it. Know, check it out. It's it. it's eighteen minutes of your time.
0: And this one is called the shocker.
2: <laughs> eighteen minutes, huh? <laughs> yeah, <damn. laughs>
4: Two Doing the thing. One in the uh, carburetor. <laughs>
0: Oh, my God, that needs to be a T-shirt to the big one in the carburetor. (laughs) I love that. This is how we fix our carbs. We diddle our carbs. So
5: back
2: to the subject of motorcycling. Um, So we pulled apart a vintage shock absorber, broke it down into its components, and explained what each bit does. And then for those of you who ride motorcycles that are a bit younger than 50 years old, we provided examples of slightly more modern shock absorbers, too, and explained our way through them. Mm -hmm. It was lots of fun.
4: Yeah, put it up tonight. I want to watch it.
0: I know it's just, we don't have another one to release right after that. So I was trying to space them out, but we'll get it up there. And, um, so please, uh, check out those videos. It's on the recycle Santa Cruz on YouTube page. So if you subscribe to recycle Santa Cruz, you'll get that and anything that we're doing here in the garage. Um, I wanted to, I wanted to talk to Micah for a bit. Micah, I mean, you've been coming on the show now off and on for how many
7: years? Oh, let's see 15 no um i started writing four years ago so about since then and it four it's, years
0: it's been a uh, while yeah four and a half years and it's God, fun it's did. fun because you've shared your story of being a passenger uh and trusting your you know charlie trusting him as the rider.
1: I, mean, I wouldn't to, trust me
0: I didn't trust you. That's why I pulled her off your bike that time. Um, To getting your own bike, learning how to wrench on your own bike, getting another bike, uh, getting track experience, like continuing to get more and more education, doing a um, dirt day, um, and just the the path that you've been on the last few years of becoming a better rider. And now it's hitting a new point. You want to talk about what you're doing now?
7: Absolutely. So, I'm in the process of becoming a California motorcycle safety instructor. What?
0: Nice. Rad. rad. Awesome. Which
7: will be super, super fun. I have a little bit of instructional experience from first rides, and as soon as I did my first first rides course, I started looking up how to become a CMSP instructor.
3: Rad.
6: Mm -hmm.
2: So, let's
7: delve into
2: Micah what really motivated you to want to do this? Do you feel that when you were starting off, you, you got sufficient instruction? Or did you think your instruction was a little bit lacking, which is why you wanted to get involved?
7: Um, so I actually took the CMSP course to be, start my writing career. Um, and that was instructional, but I didn't get quite as much out of it as I uh, would have if I'd taken it, if I took it again, um, just because I was at that point. Um, didn't know anything about motorcycles and was still deciding if I was interested in motorcycles. Um, and so coming from that, I wasn't, I didn't get quite as much as I would have liked to out of that course. I, um, very quickly after I started writing, I took the Z2 road rider course, which I've spoken about on this podcast at length. Mm -hmm. Um, I will always talk about how amazing that course is. And that's the course that really made me enjoy writing, um, And so I think that between all the courses that I've taken, that has really changed, that has really affected how I ride and really made me a better rider and really made me enjoy enjoy riding a lot more. Um, The experience that made me really decide that I wanted to be an instructor was during our first first rides official course. Um, There was a young girl or maybe it was our second. um, There's a young girl who arrived a little bit late. And so I took her aside and gave her the rundown of everything that we've been doing so far um, and started to get her on a bike. And it took me about an hour, an hour and a half to actually get her on the bike and to be able to read, be able to go um and she was so terrified she she had had an experience in which she had uh tried someone had tried to teach her how to ride and she had whiskey throttled and crashed and just oh, really no. so terrified of riding um and finally after half a million bathroom and water breaks uh, i convinced her to pull the throttle a little bit let out the clutch a little bit and she went 20 feet and i was like how was that and she said hey can i still go to the bathroom but i want to do it again i was like yes (laughs) so that experience right there i was like i i need to do this this is my calling this is something that i want to do for the rest of my life one second hold on i need
0: to yell at charlie for a second Charlie, can you please stop fidgeting with things that are on the same desk as the computer Bye. Bye. audio? <laughs> Everything you're doing is coming through. I think go, go, sit in the corner with your pillow, your fish pillow.
2: Fish asking pillow. Charlie not to fidget is an extremely
5: tall order.
0: It's like asking Emma not to fidget. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. <laughs>
7: please continue. Yeah, that was about the end of that story.
2: Well, no, that's okay. so um, how are you going to apply what you've learned with Antonio? So we'll just run through the key players in this aside from you. They've Mm -hmm. all been on the show. Pacific Motorcycle Training is run by Craig. Um, Mm -hmm. He's been on the show many times. Great guy. Runs a tight ship. Z2 training is Antonio. Once again, he does a really, really great course. So here's the players. So how are you going to apply what you've learned to your students? Or do you have a really fixed curriculum?
0: Well, and don't forget First Rides also.
2: with Clay. And First Rides with mm-hmm. Clay, of course.
7: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so... With the total control course, which is the California motorcycle safety course, um, it's a pretty fixed course. Um, And I'm still in the process of becoming an instructor. I have, uh, I've done everything up to, I need to take the official instructor course, which is the last and final step, which I will be doing in August. I finally, uh, with all the craziness with with the pandemic going on, I finally got a date back that I'm able to do because my last one was canceled due to the the virus. and so it's pretty fixed for the most part. There is a little bit of wiggle room for how you explain topics. Um, I think that one of my greatest uh, learning points, um, and thus will be one of my big teaching points, is focusing on vision. Um, vision in writing, like just, I, it's something that I'm constantly learning. Um, And something that I'm constantly teaching myself and teaching students when working in first rides, just looking where you're going. It's such a simple thing, um, but I constantly am reminding myself and constantly uh, trying to do more uh, looking exercises um, because I think that's something that every motorcyclist can benefit from is doing more
0: yeah and just the other week when I had uh John Dalton out there on the dirt, and it's so funny it's somebody who's knows how to ride on the street knows where to look, and then you put him on dirt and he goes right back to just looking in front of the front tire
7: absolutely yeah. and as soon it's as like the bike, yeah. Was like, nope. Even today, uh, we were fucking around in the parking lot on the on Liza's mini bike, um, and we were just doing some gymkhana exercises and stuff with some cones that I bought. Um, and Jeremy was as soon as I set him on a new exercise, was immediately looking down at the ground. I was like, "Man, you are a better motorcyclist than this. Look where you want to go. Keep your chin up more."
3: Yeah. Well, yeah, you know that's—it's actually—it's a really good point because like you have people who are like experienced and like experienced track riders who run a fast pace. A lot of the times, they can go faster by just adjusting the way they look at the corner exits or yep. the view the road. And and it's it's a I think it's something you have to constantly practice. You just like don't get it, you know, unless you're like MotoGP level type shit. So
1: it's really easy to look just right in front of you and like wet things you're not supposed to. And like all of a sudden you're hitting a tree.
7: And it's it's really easy. Once you start looking where you want to go, um, your body does most of the work for you. Motorcycling is so much of looking. And I don't think that that is, uh, for my first course, um, I don't think my instructor taught me quite as much about that and didn't put quite as much of an emphasis. And that's something that I really want to do when I'm teaching.
1: Yeah, it's not really emphasized that much in the very beginning courses. It's usually more of an advanced thing where it, it, even though it's super vital, and like they'll tell you like, oh, the most common crash is target fixation, but they won't really go into like, oh, you know, drills of practice or whatever.
7: But studying the curriculum, the curriculum has changed a little bit since I uh, took the course and. Charlie took yeah. the course before me, and I think that that has been dealt with. And looking is brought up more in the course already, so and, that's I mean, a big change.
1: The course I took is was completely different too. So
7: right. So um, my question to you,
2: Micah, you've been riding now for three years, Four and, a half. Four and a half. Good lord, time just does move quite quickly, doesn't it? Yeah. They grow
0: up See, so fast. It does. <laughs> um,
2: Yeah, we've watched her grow up before our eyes. I know it's a stupid question. I'm going to ask it anyway. Would you recommend becoming an instructor to anyone else?
7: Um, I think that learning to teach teaches you a lot about what you don't know. Um, I've been working on a a bunch of first-ride stuff, um, and recently that has taught me that I don't know how to explain things exactly as simple as I should. Um, I'm trying to write out a bunch of things. Just Part of it is just for my own notes for how I should be teaching better. Um, And just writing down how to kickstart a motorcycle is incredibly difficult without showing people stuff. So changing my language and working on how I can better simplify things and make people understand better um, is... A th- difficult task. I but- think
0: you need to yell more. I think guys respond to um, a woman yelling at them.
2: <laughs> and, um, getting very red in your face and waving your arms about above your head is always effective. Oh. God, you're being such a
5: man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes. that, that's how you give the men to listen. And the women you just speak calmly to and they'll nod and go, okay. And they'll listen yeah, to
7: me. Really. Like, the man, Good job. I, you need to
0: just sit there and yell at them.
7: Well, that's actually uh, I was speaking to a friend of mine who instructs, and he was saying um, that my biggest weakness will probably be that I am a small woman, um, and that'll probably be a struggle to have some people um, take my word from the beginning.
0: And if you have one yeah. one boob jiggle, you've lost them) <laughs>
3: So th- mm-hmm. that's when you like roll into the class <laughs> and do like a 30 foot
1: rolling stoppy. And they'll go, Oh, okay. Well, you I better fucking stop, listen to you know, her do that. Like flip transition to the back. Yeah. yeah. You know?
2: I'm going to turn that around, Micah, because I think that's going to be your greatest strength. Yeah. I By have, far. I think I think gonna it's going to be your greatest strength. And I yeah. think without saying a word, You're going to be such an inspiration and such a role model for men and women doing that course.
7: I really hope so. Bringing women into the motorcycle community is a huge love of mine. I have friends every so often. Someone will ask me how uh, they get into motorcycling. I'm actually meeting with a friend this week to talk about how to get her into riding. Um, And it's one of my favorite questions to be asked is, how do I start riding? And bringing more women in is just right. So important. I love that. Um, I appreciate being part of doing that.
1: And there's people. so many different ways to get into riding.
2: Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, but riding safely, doing a, a safety course like California motorcycle training. So um, there are people listening to this who are thinking, you know, I wouldn't mind doing that, both men and women. Yep. The whole process for you was slowed down a little bit because, as you pointed out, of the, the, the pandemic. Mm-hmm. If we take that out of the equation from walking up to Pacific Motorcycle Training and saying, I want to be an instructor and getting certification, how long would should that have taken?
7: I think that you can do it within the space of a couple months. I had conflicts um, that has made this whole process. It's almost going to be... Um, I think I started looking into this all in October of last year, um, started working at this. So my process in doing this was I I started researching it and went online to the Total Control website, or I think it was the Total Control website, and they have a button that's something like uh, become an instructor, and you can just send an email um, to them, fill out some information, and they will get you in touch with a local group. What's that, Liza? So I have a question for you. Um,
0: we know that you enjoy taking writer education classes, anything that's available. Um, are there any classes that you would like to take that you haven't? Because you've done a dirt, you've done track, and then you've done um, like the Z2, which is further street riding skills. Are there any other classes you would like to take?
7: Um, Absolutely. Part of my uh, training for CMSP recommends that I take their advanced courses, advanced one and advanced two days. And that's something that I really want to do. I really enjoyed their intermediate training course, because they have an intermediate as well after the beginning course. Um, Mm -hmm. I learned so much through that. um, And so I want to take the advance through them. I'd love to do it with Charlie, actually. I think that'd yeah. be really fun. Um, I want to do. I think that there's a lot to learn by just talk by going and doing classes with different instructors and in different groups. Um, so I haven't done any Rich Oliver stuff. Maybe something mm-hmm. like that. I think that there's a ton of courses, especially where we are in Northern California. Um, we have such a hub a hubbub of motorcycling, and I would love to. Talk with different instructors and learn more from different people.
0: Have you come across any yet that will teach you how to, um, when you come off a wheelie, to not slide the <laughs> front wheel out?
7: <laughs> Are there any that teach you how to do that right? I have never done a wheelie, so I couldn't say. Okay.
0: That don't is. I-, I was just asking yeah. for
7: a friend.
2: In- so don't do it That course <laughs> is just step one. Step two (laughs) is how to put a T-shirt on after (laughs) that.
3: Yes, exactly. So, so like, I mean, I'd imagine you're, like, excited about both aspects of it, like the the classroom, because I remember, like, there's a classroom segment of this, right? And then there's the actual – field work. I mean, um, how are you preparing for both of those? Do you know? I mean, have you ever taught like an actual class class or?
7: Absolutely. So I've done um, a lot of, I've taken public speaking courses. I've been speaking since I was a kid. I've done theater and I do poetry stuff regularly. Um, So I, public speaking isn't a big deal to me. Um, So I, the actual course the beginning course um, has two range days and two classroom days um, yeah. I have a ton of materials that I was given by um, total control uh, that I have a big, Booklet, a big binder of exactly what the um, classroom is. And I also have access to the presentations online. So I've been practicing those, especially being home all day. I have plenty of time to go over and practice those and see how I would talk through all that. As well as I have some range cards that I can really uh, work, yeah. look at look through what I'm going to be doing on the range. You also, yeah. when you're doing the whole process, you shadow a lot of classes. Um, so I've been shadowing a lot. And then I, uh, our friend Isaac, of course, teaches, um, mm-hmm. th- actually through the same, um, group that I'm going to be working for hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, and so he and I meet up, uh, have met up a couple times and practiced what I need to, and really gone over. i they've, Total, uh, sorry, um, Pacific Motorcycle Training is the group that I'm hoping to work with. They're over in San Jose. Um, and they've been incredibly supportive uh, of me becoming an instructor and have given me uh, help as much as I've needed it. And I've met with them a couple times to go over stuff that I'm working on.
3: Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to, to like, like rattle off your qualifications. I know you do poetry plans and I know that shit's like- oh, super
7: totally, big, of course.
3: You know what I mean? Like, I, I am just saying, like, uh, I, I think it's, it's just- Seems like it's a natural fit for you to, like, be up on stage when you're doing, like, country slam shit. and Now you get to teach people, you know, not to fuck up somehow, you know?
7: Totally. And I have experience um, training through first drives. But coming into training first drives, I didn't have any real teaching experience other than uh, it's something that I kind of enjoy. Um, yeah. And so that was my first official, like, link To all of this Um, and I I love our first rides program I get so much out of doing it I think that it's fantastic and it really led me to uh, hopefully eventually I'll get paid for teaching yeah well
3: (laughs) I I think it's cool because like you get to use your creative creativity to help um, help people too you know like Mm -hmm. develop your own kind of like way of of teaching or like you said like trying to explain things like you're like they're five-year-olds kind of a thing you know
7: yeah absolutely
0: there you go. Hey, I'm feeling a bit crazy. So I just want to give you all a heads up. I am putting our Zoom meeting uh, live on Facebook right now. Oh, no. Let's see who joins us. Let's see, go, wrong? What can go, wrong? <laughs> go
1: right.
5: wrong.
0: I just posted it. We'll see what they want to talk. Um, and going in line with what you're saying, um, actually, next weekend, Jim and I. Are taking uh, our class that I am oh, very, yeah. very scared of. So next weekend, Jim and I are going to be taking uh, uh, Jocelyn Snow's uh, two. I want
1: to take it too. Till-
0: I didn't yeah. even know she had a class. Are you kidding me? That sounds amazing. It's a two-day adventure bike training. It's on the the course that she built for training uh, the GS Trophy. Is it? And women from the last GS Trophy were trained here. Um, So she's been building up this whole training course and doing some private
7: training. Uh, I'm very scared. Micah (laughs) is
2: seething with jealousy.
7: Oh, my God. That sounds amazing. I love (laughs) Jocelyn Snow. I talk about Jocelyn Snow all the time. When people say that um, it's harder for women to ride because um, of height problems with mm-hmm. motorcycles I bring up Jocelyn Snow and I'm right. like nah nah look at this <laughs>
5: mm-hmm.
0: yeah yeah, uh, she's got a lot of stuff and actually you can go on YouTube and see her uh, course different parts of it but there's like her
7: Facebook and her Instagram both have videos yeah and pictures like four also,
0: telephone yeah. poles lying on the ground lined up that you have to ride across the top of
1: that shit's wild, man. You know, is this is this only for big adventure bikes?
0: Uh, so far.
1: Yeah. And then is it like a larger classroom setting or is it capped? No, place?
0: it's not an official thing yet. Okay. Um, uh she hasn't yet announced if this is going to be like a new like academy or school or something. Right now it's just kind of a um, i think there's maybe going to be four of us there it's just kind of friends word of mouth i was gonna say you and jim are the guinea pigs yeah she's just trying this out i mean she got her certified training so i my guess though is she's she's establishing her school um but again she's she's been training like gs trophy people there too um
7: so well, if she
1: if she wants to train me and Micah, I mean
7: Yeah, if she be, if she creates an official school, I will be on that roster so fast. Micah, uh, what
1: what bike would you ride? She could ride god, well care. she she could ride my dirt bike.
7: I'd ride his dirt bike, I'd bring my bike, fuck it. I'd bring the grom. Oh my god. Just would <laughs> <any of my, laughs> bring
3: the grom. to go to the
7: class. Oh my god. What would you be
0: willing to pay for that? For a two-day class?
7: For two day class, um, Oh, gosh, probably $500, something like that. Yeah. I mean, if it's a two-day, all-day class, that's not that off from what other places charge.
0: Uh, Like yep. other places like Rawhide, I think it's a couple grand, isn't it? Yeah. 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 It seems like
7: all kinds of
1: catering and all that shit, right? Yeah, like A lot of those classes well, also provide the bikes, too. They
7: provide bikes, and they provide uh, sleeping arrangements, don't they? If, if yeah. There's a lot of things.
0: I, I'm not going to say what she's charging us, but I will say that she's not making money. She, this is to pay her insurance. Totally. Yeah. That's, and that's, it still yeah. is three digits just to cover the insurance on having people over. So, um, wow. you know, big thanks and to then her. That's
1: also a smaller group, too.
0: Yeah, so we'll see if I survive. <laughs> I'm kind of stage
1: true of guinea pigs.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I think the other GS trophy people were guinea pigs, but um, I'm somebody mm-hmm. who's not trying to be a, you know, a top writer. In, yeah. In my class, I'm just somebody like, I just want some more tools. Um, I don't like riding in the dirt. That's the big secret. I got all these dirt bikes and I go dirt biking <laughs> all the time and I don't like it. Wait, me too. who are you talking to? You're, you're scared. You can't talking anybody. Oh, okay. You're smart. Who are you looking at? You keep
3: it's kind of weird uh, just, i got like some costco parking lot action I'm like, <laughs> okay. parking lot um,
0: yeah so the big secret is like i don't actually enjoy riding dirt every time i get out there i'm like you ooh, ooh, sliding around ooh, just waiting for the day i'm gonna stack but
1: have, have you ever taken a real like dirt bike class
0: no so this is why i said you know what i'm i'm not gonna I'm not going to make any decisions until I have all the training I can yep. and all the tools I can, um, before I decide if I really like it or not.
3: Oh, yes. you do like dirt bikes though. You like it. You totally do. You just like, you just don't like fucking stacking. Like everybody does. Like
0: I don't stacking. like, uh, it's the risk, man. I mean,
3: That's what I hate about dirt bikes is like, you know, getting your ribs bruised and, the first time that you and I went up to fucking Hollister and I fell off, you took me to some <laughs> fucked up ass. Rock, yeah, I remember you that. that shit sucked, dude. <laughs> and we had a lot of fun, but that shit sucked.
1: Well, I feel like if you haven't had the proper training, you're just. You, it's really easy just to start reacting to things rather than planning, oh, the bikes can go do this when I do that.
3: Oh, that's exactly what happened. 100% <laughs> reacting to everything.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but the point is, and I think this ties in with you know what Mike is doing is, um, I want to give myself all the tools I can, not to be the best writer there is, but to be a better writer and to be able to enjoy it more, knowing I have those tools, and that is something that we all, I think we can all agree, uh, especially those of us who've been writing for decades. I've never yeah. taken other classes. I'm like, I'm a good writer, whatever, you know.
3: Yeah. Would you say, like, you, you want to take the courses to where you can say confidently um and say to yourself that I'm competent? Like, I'm a competent dirt rider, or I'm a comp, you know what I mean? Because I, I consider you somebody who's a competent street rider and long distance rider and all that stuff, you know what I mean? Because you've had the experience, obviously.
0: Um, I'll say that when I ride in the dirt, I'm not going, I got this. I'm going, like, yeah. yeah.
5: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm reacting to everything like, oh, the front wheel just washed out. Oh, that was yeah. not fun. Oh. You, yeah. you know, it's a bunch of fucker moments, and that's just not well, exciting and fun for me but, at my age. But I want to feel like I got this, you know?
5: Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, I did, me and Liza
2: last year did mm-hmm. a very, very basic entry level um, dirt bike course at Honda, and I enjoyed it far more than I thought I would. However, this is where the crossover is, because after doing that course, it's actually improved my street riding. Well, how is that? If I'm on less than 100% traction, even when I'm navigating around on that RF900 and it starts moving around underneath me, I'm not like, oh, shit, anymore. I'll just counter steer it a little bit and get it Mm -hmm. back in line.
1: Because- You start to know how to deal with no or little traction. Right, In unexpected ways. Because you're riding a street bike and you have 100% traction, you're ripping through shit and all of a sudden both tires- You lose traction,
2: yeah. Or whatever, or you hit something that's a little bit loose. And And it's rare enough, if you ride strictly street, and you lose traction, it's a rare enough uh, occurrence that you can have a spill. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Whereas doing a little bit of dirt training, and you realize that if your bike's moving around underneath you like it does all the time at dirt, and traction is a luxury when you're riding dirt, then you realize, oh, this is okay, this is normal, and this is how I can cope with it. And you counter-steer a little bit, you know, wiggle your butt a little bit, and everything goes good again.
7: I think that every single rider, no matter what stage they're at, can benefit from a training course. Um, Oh, good Lord,
2: yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't think that there's,
7: like, maybe fucking, like, Rossi could be fine without taking more courses. <laughs> but I think that up to that point, anyone in the world, any rider and on any bike can learn more and become a better and safer rider by taking uh, training courses. Well,
1: and the, the best types of courses to take too are like things you've never done before. Like flat track, If you've never done flat track. Yeah. I've never really done flat track and I would yeah. love to take a flat track course. And I feel like that helps immensely. Mm-hmm. You know, to echo what you're saying, Micah, like those
3: like GP level pros, they flat track off season. They yep. ride dirt off season.
2: You know, because I mean, it's, it's, honing, it's honing, their track skills. Yep. Yeah. Because not you don't really notice it, but if you look at footage of the TT
5: and oh, you look flat-track. how
2: much those bikes are moving around underneath yeah. them, they're fighting for traction. Mm-hmm. And the same thing's happening on a track, but just to a lesser extent. So if you ride dirt and you can overcome that fear of your bike losing traction,
3: I mean, it's yeah, like I, yeah, go. You just you could go to YouTube right now and find MotoGP and watch Casey Stunner slide both front wheels through an apex. Watch Russ Rossi do the same thing, and and they they do all that. It happens, and and you really can't see it all that well unless it's in slow mo. But it, you know that that flat tracking skill 100 percent applies to what they're doing you know so, so it's
0: wild bagel are there any advanced scooter riding classes have you ever experienced nope. anything like that
6: never well perhaps i've never, I never, never start one. I know. i've i never experienced a basic scooter riding class <laughs> it's just yeah there's just the msf you twist right, and you know. go. yeah pretty much
0: <laughs> yeah so do you can you ride a scooter at training micah
7: um, I don't so think anyone would say no. I I don't know about that. Um, I know that you, if you bring your own motorcycle, it has to be under, I think it's under 300cc or something like that, um, uh, something similar. Yeah. Uh, for the
1: beginning class. For the
7: beginning course, I, if you bring your own. Um, and then we have motorcycles um, for anyone else to ride. Everyone normally rides those ones. I think it's very pretty rare that someone brings their own bike to that. Um, I, I don't know. I think that part of the course, um, like a, a significant part of the course is learning how to use the specific motorcycle controls. Um, and mm-hmm. that's different than scooters. Um, I mean, scooters are, I mean, I don't have a ton of scooter experience, but you don't have the ah. same. Yeah. So how about well, this?
2: No, the, the friction zone in the scooter is happening inside the engine. <laughs> <laughs> and interesting trusting yes
0: so yes. bagel how about this if you were to create an advanced scooter riding course what are three things you would put into that let's see if you could get uh micah interested what are three skills or techniques you would put into it
5: I got it. How
3: many, how many 36 packs of beer can you shove between your legs?
6: <laughs> That's how a good one. How many pizzas can you carry? <laughs> yeah, these, these, are, these are scooter specific.
5: Uh, scooter uh,
0: specific. Ta- mm. What are, would be some techniques that you would show? Ch- how much hot fried chicken can you <laughs> because, take with you? Because, I mean, I've ridden with you and you can keep up yeah. with the big bikes on your scooter. Is that yep. what technique are you using?
6: Uh, I know open the do? throttle.
0: um geez wow um oh how about uh, how to get more out of your scooter like uh uh, because i would think that suspension is a big thing like yeah but i mean that's i mean that's the same with any bike i mean and and scooters really don't have that
6: much in the way of adjust suspension adjustments typically
0: one technique Um, come on what's one technique
6: or trick one technique um all right. Well, the one technique that I would say is a really good one to, um, to, to study and, and practice. Is it how to is, replace your
0: engine on the side of the road?
7: <laughs>
6: well, that's,
0: that, would, that would be for the advanced okay.
6: class. Okay. But for, for at least for the basic class, I would, I would teach slow riding. Um, yeah. Because <clears throat> slow riding is one of the things that is, is much easier to do on a scooter. And it is really good at developing the fine muscle control that you need to keep balanced and keep the scooter in the direction you want it to go and um so i know that's not something that typically is practiced in most motorcycle training that i've heard of um but that's something that we like to do uh at scooter rallies is it's one of the little contests we do is a slow race and see who can ride the distance of the course slowest uh, without putting a foot down there you go so so that's something I think could definitely be incorporated into a training class. All
0: right, what you got? Noah? I feel like I feel
6: like if there is a
3: training class for scooters, it's probably like the non-tangibles, like how to negate traffic or how to how to like pan and scan or just like like you know mm-hmm. kind of meta techniques on how to survive being a, a small fish in a big pond with like big bigger much bigger fishes. You know,
6: perhaps uh, yeah. I mean, I guess that there is maybe some slightly different techniques of, of paying attention to traffic around you and behind you more, especially if you're on a slower bike. Um, That's not something you usually need to worry about on a motorcycle so much. All right. On the scooter, you know.
0: All right, Micah, I'm going to make a serious suggestion here. All right. You should take this with you. Um, I'm going to suggest that you need to have just basic riding skills, advanced riding skills, but do a scooter only class because i think a lot of scooterists get ride scooters cuz they think it's easier and they're not the type who are going to like you're not going to show up on your scooter to a motorcycle class right um yeah. it's 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 just like how they have like all female ride days and you get more women who will come out if you had an all scooter uh, advanced riding class that might be pretty cool
7: Yeah, that would be really interesting. I would love to have more practice on scooters because, honestly, at the moment, scooters terrify me. Uh, I'd rather be on a big-ass motorcycle than a scooter any day. I think I can clarify
2: that, Micah. Scooter riders terrify
0: you. That too. I I can completely understand. I was so scared of scooters for a long time, but because like my roommate had like a little <laughs> jazz 50 or something like that, and I felt like like I sneezed one time and I almost ran into a parked car.
7: <laughs> <laughs> but Liza has occasionally offered me to ride the scooters when I need to get like another bit of oil or some water or whatever.
5: And I
1: just like, no I'm walking.
7: Yeah, and I'd rather walk. Or water, whatever. I will not take one of those. No way.
0: Alright, we're gonna have to push that that point. You're <laughs> getting on it. <laughs> um, hey, I wanted to bring up uh some more news. Uh AMA Vintage Days officially announced this week that they are postponing with no date to be determined.
2: Mm. Wah, wah. Wah, wah. Well um, we, we, we suspected it was coming.
0: We did. Not um, a surprise.
2: <clears throat> and
0: I wanted to um talk a minute about i mean all these events and everything that's being canceled when i saw that they announced uh that it's being postponed with no date announced uh some people were very disappointed said hey i would have gone you know i wish that they had still had it and other people um you know were saying uh yeah they're just they just said postpone not canceled because they want to keep our money for the tickets you know there's a lot of people saying different things i want to kind of Break down and explain behind the scenes what's going on for any of these things. Because I experienced it with the film festival. And I don't know if I explained it or not, but when uh, the Santa Cruz Motor Film Festival was booked, deposit on a theater, t shirts ordered, the whole thing, right? And then this came and we realized, uh oh, we're probably not going to be able to have it. Meanwhile, people are buying tickets and we're still going forward as if. And I told my partners, hey, I want to refund everyone the tickets and announce ahead of time because I want to show everyone we're being responsible and we're being uh, proactive and it's not going to be safe for a gathering and we're going to cancel this. And I was reminded that I can't announce that because if I did, that means I canceled it and we would lose the deposit on the theater. Mm -hmm. So we had to wait until the city officially extended the date to that weekend. So therefore it wasn't our fault. We weren't breaking the contract and the theater had to give us a deposit back. Meanwhile, I was feeling kind of shitty because like people are like, is this happening or what? Like I bought a ticket. What's going on? Right. Um, The same thing is happening with all these other events. And you got to keep that in mind. Um, Be it AMA vintage days, uh, be it Sturgis, be it, uh, the quail, anyone? If they, you know, they guaranteed for a year. They've had contracts. They've had tent rentals. They've had PA systems. They've had all these things booked, right? And if they just cancel without being forced to cancel, then they're walking away from all these deposits and contracts. Um, so that really sucks that that way it works so i mean yeah. they wanted to have it but they also want to have a responsible event and i think what they said is um with the uh with the uh, the what do you call it? the restrictions in place um there's no way that we could have the same event that everyone is expecting it, it could Yes, maybe they could have had still the races going on. They were talking about having races, but not having all the other stuff. But then you're going to have a lot of people who are going to show up and be really disappointed because all the things that they love about the event aren't going to be happening, you know, all the get togethers and all the stuff. Um, And same with like uh, Sturgis. We still don't know if Sturges Bike Week is going to happen. I mean, real simple yes or no from each of you. Do you think it uh, will be okay to have an event of that size in August? No. August? Hell no. Nope. August? 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 No. no. No way. Emma, you were quiet. Do you think?
2: Yeah, way too soon. I mean, I didn't want to necessarily jump on the bandwagon. That's just well, it like, it's
0: just an it like opinion. It's just your opinion.
1: Look, look what happens in the next week with all the protests and everything. All, like The numbers of infections are going to go way up.
0: So um, uh, with with Sturgis Bike Week, here's what I am predicting. They have to announce on June 14th. So it's coming up. They will announce if it is happening or not. And all of those things I just told you are all in play. So especially some of that size. Um, there's, there's a lot of money at stake. The entire town of Sturgis, the whole, and all the outlying areas, they rely on this event every year. This is where most of their income comes. Um, so there's a lot at stake here. Uh, so it's a hard decision to make. So first off, I want to say I'm going to support whatever decision they make. I can just choose to attend or not. Right.
5: Yeah.
0: And everyone can choose to attend or not. Um, but I can tell you that if they do not have it, maybe they're restricted by the local government as to having a gathering or whatever. It's still going to be happening in that uh, there are all these different campgrounds and they each have their own like entertainment and stuff at night. They each have their own like little parties. And a bunch of those campgrounds have already said, oh, we're still going to have it. We're still going to do it. Mm. Much like, and Emma, you made this comparison uh, today. Um, they, you know, normally 4th of July weekend right, uh, coming up is Hollister, the Hollister yep. rally. And they announced yep. that that will not be happening this year either.
2: It will not be happening. However, and this is important, is Mike Corbin is still going to have his party. Yeah. And he's going to rely on the common sense of the people who visit his place regularly to exhibit their own social distancing. He also expects it to probably be about a quarter the size of normal, but he was very very keen to make sure the people who just showed up on spec had somewhere to go. Yeah. Um, I also have heard there's gonna be a very, very small um, gathering as well at um, the uh, um, the campgrounds going down, the State Fair campgrounds down there going towards Trace Pinos. And that's one of the byproducts of the Hollister rally. You know, it, it, you have the rally itself in downtown Hollister, but all these little gatherings all over, and a lot of those are still going to go ahead, even though the main one's done. So there you go. tralala. Um,
7: I heard that, so I've been reading a lot about uh, Babes Ride Out and what their plans are for the rest of the year. Um, and Babes Ride Out has said that they are planning on still having their Babes Ride Out and Babes in the Dirt events Um, they pushed, I think they pushed Babes Ride Out to also be in October, so both Babes Ride Out, West Coast, and uh, Babes in the Dirt will be in October, I'm pretty sure, um, but they... Will also be limiting ticket sales uh, significantly than last year, and uh, encouraging and uh, uh, social distancing. And they are changing their facilities and their rules to better um, prepare for people to be safe during these trips. So, and again, I just I want to circle back. The thing that's hard
0: here is there is no right thing to do whatever decision is made to have an event or not have an event, there's going to be a large faction of people who think that you made the wrong decision. There's either going to be people who say, this is irresponsible for you to hold an event like this. It's definitely going to spike the Corona cases in that area or have people take it back to their small towns that maybe don't have a flare up. And then there's going to be the faction of people who are like, you know, how dare you give in, and to the fear and not have an event and oh hey by the way how about those of us who aren't at high risk or who have already have it who want to have a good time it's a no-win situation
3: i feel those people are one not epidemiologists two uh <laughs> don't know what they're talking
6: about <laughs> and you can't please everybody yeah. I mean,
2: th- that's and a very, very like, valid point bagel because no matter where you lie on this Whatever decision you make, there's going to be people who think it's the best decision in the world. There's going to be people who think it's the worst mm-hmm. decision in the world. That's the nature of the world we live in. So what's going to happen is going to happen.
5: Yeah.
2: And we're going to live with it.
0: And so I'm just going to say, if there's an event that you, you look forward to, that you go to, that it does have it or doesn't have it, and you would disagree with that decision, please don't condemn them. Just know that there's, it's a hard decision either way because people's livelihoods go into it. And in the case of the AMA, and this is something I want to drive home here. This is their largest uh, subscription run of the year for people to join membership, to join the AMA. This is where they get the most renewals and new memberships. This is, uh, event it's not just a party for us to have fun it is for them to keep the lights on so the first thing i'm going to say is if you aren't already a member please join the ama and give them the support first thing you can do to help them get through this and that way when and if the next event is they're going to have the means to have that be an awesome event
3: Do you know if they're in contacts with other like new media outlets to kind of promote themselves and actually tell that story? Like, yo, we're not having vintage days this year because of this. Um, could you, you know, promote us on your, on your podcast? So we get our sponsorship dollars in and, and, you know,
0: Um, I'm so distracted by Ian trying to cover his camera. There he is. Um, (laughs) uh, you're, you're muted, bud. Um, I don't know. I mean, they have their own magazine, which goes out to their members.
3: Right. That's that's why I said it's new media. I mean, the, you got to be in the club to get the magazine. But, like, there's... Well,
0: ever hi. since ever since We are new media.
3: Uh, right. That's what I'm saying. Ever since the shutdown happened, how many new podcasts popped up or had an extra time to even, you know, to, to create a new one? And it, it might be good to contact those people or have those people contact the AMA. And uh, do something.
0: Right. And I'll say, hey, um, especially for Sturgis, because, again, if you've ever been to Sturgis, not during the rally, the entire downtown is basically closed down businesses. Mm -hmm. They open up for Sturgis. These restaurants, bars, everything, they're all built up for this whole industry not to mention all of the hotels and and campgrounds and motels including my good friend who has a motel in custer outside that she relies on this too and um so i'm gonna say hey if they have it and you're not afraid of getting sick go for it go support them help them out that's it yeah
7: And um, if if you are if you are um, afraid of going to an event that you usually enjoy, try and buy merch from them or from groups that you might have if you had gone. Try to support those people financially, especially right now, if you can.
0: Yeah. So, Emma, uh, are you going to go to Mike's on uh, Fourth of July?
2: You bet I am. I'll Um, be there.
0: I think I might. Um, I'm 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 kind of scared, but I think I might go to check it out.
2: You know,
3: I think part of it too, like, I think we need, it needs discussing is too, like, there's a lot more people unemployed now. Yes. Aside, from that, aside from the actual virus and, and having some kind of trepidation about, you know, exposing yourself into a giant vector area. Like some people can no longer afford to go. Like Absolutely. It, it sucks, yeah. you know, like they can't afford that extra 10 bucks a month to join whatever club or, or buy that t-shirt who knows.
0: Yeah, I mean, think of all the uh, bandana and sunglass uh, guys who've been out of business because of all the rallies <laughs> yeah. being down. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, I'm, I think I want to go out there, too, and just check it out because one of my concerns is how are people going to have events and be responsible. And we right, have to figure you know. this out. I want to go see how it's going down. Because either I'm going to go, hey, this is pretty chill. Everyone is being cool. Everyone's being safe. Everyone's wearing masks. It makes me feel a lot more comfortable. And maybe, um, you know, maybe I'm ready to start going to some more events and things. Or maybe I'm going to go like, oh, dude, this scene is not cool. I'm getting out of here. Like, everyone's like coughing on each other. And. Licking each other's <laughs> feet and like, no, I'm out of here. Passing and joints. Oh, I'm down. sorry, I was getting that confused with Emma's tea party, but you know what I mean.
2: <laughs> oh, no.
0: worship. <laughs> oh,
2: <scholarship.
0: laughs> anyway, so that's the news. AMA uh, Vintage Days officially postponed. No date announced. Yeah. But um, that is my plea. Please join the AMA and give them some support. Hey, Ian, what are you up to?
8: Oh, am I? Can you hear me? Oh yeah. What's
0: okay. up, dude? Hey. I don't know. <laughs> you're a little. You're a little
6: quiet. Yeah, it's
0: a little quiet.
8: <laughs> I'll figure it out.
0: Yeah, you just got to mm-hmm. turn up your volume if you can.
1: Yell, just yell. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it works. It works for Charlie. For Jack. Um, Hey, I have something else I can share. Um, So I think, so the the Sturgis Bike Week is in August. And I mentioned that my film festival had been canceled. And we were planning to do another film festival in Sturgis called the Black Hills Moto Film Festival. And it was supposed to happen during Sturgis Bike Week so um that however is not canceled it is instead going to be online meaning viewable around the world oh yeah um we're still working on it we'll be announcing it um but i wanted to share like i've been finding some amazing movies (laughs) And there's one I saw that just has me like, what? You know, when you find out about another two wheeled culture that is so unique and bizarre, and I just wanted to share because you can go find this video too. Um, it is hosted on Vimeo. I didn't check YouTube. Do you mind checking YouTube angle, see if it's there? Um, Take a look. It is called Rebel Riders. It's about is that with a Y. Uh, no. Riders on Vimeo, and knock. Uh, you're gonna like this. It's the Indonesian custom it's Vespa uh, it. yeah. culture.
6: It's on YouTube. It's seven seven
0: minutes long. Yeah, yeah, seven, seven minutes, minutes long.
6: Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yeah. It's Four the three. one by uh, by Mark Rasang.
0: Yeah. Um, so, Rebel Riders. You guys have to see this if you want to see something that is so trippy. They're taking these scooters and not just like sticking like mirrors and stuff on them. They're like putting like multiple axles and truck tires and and elongating (laughs) and crazy stuff. And they're doing it with like basic tools and skills. Like I've seen where they'll take like the body and just throw it into like a bonfire to like burn all the paint off so then they can like weld stuff on with like a stick welder, you know, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's really cool and creative what they're doing.
6: Yeah. It's yeah. like total, total crazy, wild, like dirt bag fantasy creation battle scooter, uh, just nutso things. I mean, like they will take scooters and make them look like they're miniature tanks. Like, Like with with eight wheels on each side rolling down the road. It's
0: nuts. (laughs) (laughs) I know. So as I'm finding some of these really cool videos, uh, ones that are, you know, already available out (coughs) there. um, You got that, Ian. Um, I'll share them. I want people to go check them out and get excited. We may or, these uh, This one hasn't been chosen yet. It's not an official selection, so it may or may not get chosen based upon our time constraints. But I want people to check it out because it's a cool film, and it knocks people.
4: Yeah, Indonesians, man. That's right. It's, it's Mexican? Oh, I thought it was Mexican.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know his accent throws me off all the time. <laughs> so, Ian, what are you up to tonight?
8: Oh, can you hear me now?
0: Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh,
8: very cool. Uh, cleaning rusty carburetors um, nice. and having fun with that. Um, what else are we doing? Cooking a little bit. We're going to make some uh, spanakopita. So some nice. baking. Yeah, Danielle, my my girlfriend, amazing cook. So I'm just, I'm the, I guess the sous chef. So.
0: <laughs> and, oh, I see. We got Josh Herman. Josh, put your camera on. Don't be a lurker. I know you're there. I know
1: you're there. (laughs) Josh is dope, man. I had to make my big appearance. Oh.
4: And of course Josh Josh has the Porsche version gaming chair going right there. What is that Uh you're saying? Oh
5: Ding-dong, Jr.
4: (laughs)
0: Easy Master Race. (laughs) And then we got all right, Benjamin. Who's Benjamin? Come on, show yourself. Let's see. Just okay, come on. Turn that camera on.
4: <coughs> Benjamin's old hey, motorcycle. Hey,
0: there he is. You're i to say that run of hair. <laughs> I know. Like, I'm, hey. got, I got, I'm, almost mullet. I'm almost mulletized.
3: Dude, please grow a mullet.
0: Dude, it's there. I'm telling you. Like, no, I don't know no. any
3: lesbians that have a mullet.
0: I, I need to see my
4: Liza life before I die, dude. Liza, you got to go next level. You got to rat tail that shit. Dude, oh, I
0: thought about it. <laughs> I business thought about in the it. Front, party in the rear. Just to, like, piss people off.
5: Okay. <laughs>
0: Bring the um, 80s back. When we go to South Dakota. <laughs>
7: that image physically hurts me. <laughs> well,
2: it's working then. Um, I just wanted to share. I've just been onto the Rebel Riders website. Oh, yeah, you checked it out? Um, yeah, there is a guy riding a tree.
1: <laughs> um,
5: <laughs> also...
2: There is an extremely soily young lady who looks like she's been rolling around in the mud, yeah. who looks quite surly, actually. She looks like she's quite angry. Um, there's a gentleman in a, um, a bright red leather studded jacket with the arms torn off, holding an extremely small, cute dog. Um, there is a scooter with a machine gun
0: attached to it. <laughs> yeah,
2: there and there's a scooter with more wheels than I actually care to count. I mean, I think it's got about 100 wheels. This is extraordinary. <laughs> I love the tree. <laughs> um, That's no, great. The, tr- the tree is amazing,
6: <laughs> and, the, the, and, the, and the tree has okay. So at the end of the tree is the scooter engine, and then behind it, it has about ten spinner wheels, or, yes. yeah, all, all lined up side by side like a giant roller behind the thing. <laughs> That's right. But it's I'm, a giant it's roller front blade. Wheel. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> It's, um, it's,
1: dope.
5: it's pretty dope
1: it's, totally no, dope. it's, it's amazing yeah so what uh, you should
5: <laughs> can you
1: guys share your screen into the into this for video recording mm-hmm. quiet matt show yourself no.
0: uh no, because I, I don't have you. it up on my computer that we're on i can do this hey quiet matt how you doing <laughs> but just just do a web search
6: for rebel riders yeah, and yeah, uh, rebel riders uh, or, or Re-
7: well,
1: Honda
7: go to YouTube. Check out rebel well, riders. Well, I've same the Honda hat as Jim is currently wearing. Hey. <laughs> Put it on. <laughs> that
6: was
2: different.
0: So, really different. Emma, it other, other than Japan, have you ever seen a two-wheeled culture as crazy as this one?
2: Good Lord, no! I mean, this is, its wonderful. I anything that's this creative. It really it gets me going. I think we, we get so used to in our culture of buying new bikes or taking old bikes and almost fetishizing them and turning them into what they were when they were new, mm-hmm. but better. And that's pretty much the only game in town. So Dirtbag comes along. And Paul, love you, Paul. (laughs) This is something fresh and new.
5: Right.
2: And this is dirtbag just on a wider scale. It's wonderful. Um, Yeah. In its own way, as fun as Bosuzuku is, there are quite strict protocols on Mm Bosuzuku. You know, you have to customize your bikes in quite a strict way. So it's not as free-flowing as you think. This is actually a lot more free-flowing, it's a lot more creative.
8: Could I I interject for a second there, Eliza? yeah. Um, A couple things. If you guys are aware, in Portland there's something called zoo bombing, and uh, the zoo in Portland is at the very top of a super steep hill. So these guys started a club where they get 12-inch bike tires, like children's, very small children's bikes, and ride Uh them down. They ride them down a very steep hill. It's terrifying, and all types of kids do it. It's it's a beautiful thing to look up zoo bombing. Um, in I'm the going beginning, to right now. In the beginning of Portlandia, you can see their sculpture. They have a sculpture in downtown Portland of a bunch of children's bikes locked together. But uh, the other thing I was going to interject was uh, Black Label Bike Club, which is another bicycle club. I, I love bicycles a lot. Um, they would weld two bike frames on top of each other and ride tall bikes. You guys see that stuff. So that comes out of Minnesota. So as we know, we have all that stuff coming out of Minnesota right now, a lot of energy coming out of Minnesota. Um, and a lot of anarchy has traditionally come out of Minnesota. So, um, (laughs) those kids up black label, they come from that world. Like they're very like crusty, they taught me how to weld. They taught me a lot of cool stuff. Those black label people. So those are two bike cultures, two wheel culture. That thank you. Are they? Uh,
4: are they the bike nice. messenger? The bike messenger type?
8: Very much. Yeah. All over bike culture. They do bike jousting. If you're familiar.
0: Oh. Yeah. Oh. Oh, familiar. oh yeah. My
8: friend broke his collarbone doing bike jousting in Oakland. <laughs> so maybe mini bike jousting is coming to the uh, garage. Oh. Except
0: we do it with giant dildos.
8: Yeah. Exactly. We've done it at a rally
1: the last couple of years.
7: Yeah, the jousting thing on, on, on oh, motorcycles.
1: True. On <laughs> motorcycles. Oh, cool! Well, we, uh, the first year we did on oh, motorcycles. It yeah,
7: it's it's pretty intense and amazing to watch. <laughs> yeah.
8: yeah, there's a, there's ambulances involved. That's that's a that's not a here. Point. So, um,
2: <laughs> yeah, I just went on to um, the zoo bombing page, and there's a picture of a middle-aged gentleman where riding a tiny child's bike. And it may be the angle, but he appears to be riding it at some speed. So, um, yeah, entertaining. <laughs> oh, this is fucking terrifying, dude. <laughs>
8: <laughs> and they don't wear clothes. They're, a lot of them are naked. Uh, oh, the, founder, oh the founder has one less car tattooed on his back. His full back says one ah. less car on his so they're They're that funny is... people. They're great people. Cool. Nice. Hey, Jim, uh, was that a katana?
4: Did you see that? Was it a Suzuki <laughs> katana by any chance? It, it was the old version.
5: I saw the light show. It's funny, it's funny
4: you I say that. It's funny you said because there was a katana discussion in the garage today, Emma. You and Yuri Berrigan, Isle of Isle of Man TT fame, yes. were discussing the katanas today, and you walked through all the expensive ones and then the cheap ones. <laughs> right, because I mean, what do you it's... think about the katana?
2: it's it's metamorphosized from to just de, de, let's go back in history. Let's talk about what the katana is. History, so, oh. the katana is a fighting sword used by the samurai and it's got a very distinctive curved blade. It's like a rapier and it's very revered in Japanese culture. So, yeah, um, if you think of that with the end cut off so that it's got quite a chunky end on it that's exactly yeah it's kind of like a guitar (laughs) so um suzuki in the late 70s had a wonderfully powerful engine which had been developed from the gs 1000 and so they had this like 85 horsepower engine it's two valve engine they pull the head off they put a full valve head on it with quite High technology for the time. It was a genuine 110 horsepower engine. And although I was very fond of the styling, the styling was a bit pedestrian. So they contracted a German styling house. and a Can I stop you
4: for a second? You yes. Said the styling was a bit pedestrian.
2: Well, on <laughs> the standard GS 1100s. Yes.
4: <laughs> I love uh, that comment.
2: So they they contracted a German styling house, and a gentleman called Hans Muth designed a completely new bodywork for this bike, and it was like, what the hell? It was angular, and it was short, and it was it, it really space age. I mean, you can imagine Flash Gordon riding one of these things. And they were in production for like three years. And very fetishized, very collected from day one. Then it kind of went away, but Suzuki realized they had value in the name. So right around the late 90s, they thought, well, you know, let's come out with a range of sport bikes that are of value for money and we'll put the Katana name on it, because it's an instantly recognizable name with Suzuki. So then you've got that generation of Katanas,
5: mm-hmm. and they were
2: cheap and cheerful and fast. And you know, they were great bikes in their own day, but they were very much built down to a budget. And they kind of got a bad rap at the at the time, or an even more bad rap now, because, you know, Jixers have kind of got a reputation of being a hooligan bike. Well, if you're broke and you can't afford a jigsaw, you get a Katana. So it's a broke hooligans bike. Mm -hmm. Um, Fast forward to last year and Suzuki thought, well, let's think about the old Katanas and reinvent it. And they came out with a new Katana. My opinion for what it's worth, it's a horse's ass. Mm. It's the proportions are all wrong it's nothing it it shouldn't have the katana name on it it's a cartoon version of the original katana you don't you don't like it i hate it really it's
3: got the k5 motor in there that's pretty awesome i mean aside from how it looks it it can have the best
2: motor in the world in it but the tail is a foot too short and you You can't get a you can't get away from the fact that the tail of that bike is a foot too short
3: uh, if it had pop-up headlights, like the old one, would it do anything for you?
2: Yes. Well, I, yeah, I forgot about the pop-up headlight one. That yeah. was kind of a Katana in everything but yeah. name. I, I wish they would have no. done that
6: on this
1: one. Micah didn't know that and Micah loves pop-up headlights we were watching a video and it showed it and Micah was like, yeah. oh my god. Be <laughs> still. <laughs> yeah,
2: Suzuki, so look- you know, right around the 1990s, Suzuki were playing with a lot of electric motors. They had the GSX-1100 with a power screen on it. Yeah, which I think it was a first but no, I mean I adore the original Katana
4: So I have a question Emma. Which of the original Katana's was your favorite because there were a few thousand. different the thousand. So which...
2: <laughs> 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 the thousand and the reason it was the thousand is the thousand wasn't even really a street bike. It was a, a Homologated race bike,
1: right? Mm.
2: But those you know, are the best bikes yeah, the G the GSX 1000 Katana, it it was the fastest of the lot. It's the rarest of the lot. Oh, it's the new man? You, that's a fabulous Scottish hat you're wearing, Jim. No, well, there's, I... there's no question of it. Absolutely, the first generation GSX 1000 Katana. It's a wonderful bike.
0: I have one yeah. around here somewhere. I can't mm-hmm. find it.
2: Um, <laughs> but the new one, I. You know, the first thing I do with a new one is I try and find a way to fabricate a longer tail on it.
3: Yeah, yeah. The, the it's definitely more. The old one is definitely more proportions, especially with the headlight down. You know.
2: Right. I mean, the 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 new one it needs bringing down in the front, bringing up in the rear, and just extending the tail. And it wouldn't take much, but it it's a good foot. A it's katana. just, it's simply too short in the back. It's a parody.
7: A katana isn't worth how ugly a katana is without the pop up headlight. <laughs> well, you must. How
1: are you going to wave to the other katanas with pop up headlights? You aren't.
0: You know, the elite scooters <laughs> have pop up headlights too. I know. Oh, yeah. That's
7: the only reason that I've really considered buying a scooter. <laughs> the, I o- pop up headlights. Oh, my God. Yeah.
6: When I got it. Every
5: time oh, yeah. I see a pop up
6: headlight, I think of
3: like uh, Austin Powers and the meticulously slow dipping mechanism.
5: You
0: know, <laughs> anytime, so I see, good. anytime I see any car or motorcycle with pop up headlights, I go, well, there's just another thing to break.
6: Right.
7: Yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, you know, I'll tell you what, that'll just keep on giving.
7: It's a, yeah. such a small detail that is just so exciting. Like, I've never seen a pop-up headlight and been like, oh, cool. I see a pop-up headlight, headlight and I'm like, oh, my God, dude. Do you <laughs> see it? Like, pop up?
3: <laughs> it's, it's like such classic 80s, like, I'm on cocaine engineering, you know? Like,
6: <laughs> let's fucking design this, guys.
2: <laughs> you know? Like
5: Oh, I love it. Oh, I love it. I th-
2: I'm pretty sure... I think it was either the Gen One Miatas or the Porsche 928, where the headlights spun. <laughs> so they,
5: yeah, come, was the <laughs>
2: they they pivoted on their axis, so the yeah. car looked like it got pop up headlights. But
6: well, they the the Nine, yeah, oh, okay, the 9 to, right 9 to 8, they laid the 928 they laid back. Um, the Miata they may have flipped. Yeah.
5: I think
2: that, I Yata think they
1: spun they flipped. that's a sick
6: mixer, yeah, yeah. man. Or maybe, or was that the Nissan? Uh, it, was, it was the one that
1: came after the nine forty four. There was a Porsche that came after, where the headlights are
8: exposed, but they oh still God. like.
2: Yeah, they kind of jump up and say, yeah. Yeah, Do you,
8: you have, have your papers? papers?"
0: Yeah,
2: that's the nine two eight.
0: Hey, yeah. hey, Emma. Did yes. You, did darling. you see who joined us? Watch this, Aussie, Aussie, Aussie! Oi, oi, oi! Here it is. <laughs> oh, hello, <laughs> darling
7: hello nice to see you
0: all all the way from yeah. all the way from tomorrow is it tomorrow there it is
7: yeah yeah next day yeah right she's,
2: she's in, in the, the future the tomorrow people the future person in the future <laughs> in the sort of we're shit. all going to be wearing happens. yellow suck. <laughs>
5: <right.
0: laughs> hey tell us how are things going to be tomorrow is it going to be a better day um yes yeah,
6: yeah it's uh Pretty, pretty much
0: the same you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> figures so the world's going to shit basically yeah yeah <laughs> oh you want to know about going to shit let me just share i know we're not getting into political stuff at all however one of the downsides of living next door to the police station means we've had <laughs> protest every night with mm-hmm. drums a banging every night helicopters drones the whole thing now um
2: yeah. Do you tend to go to your bed fairly early, Liza? Or do you stay up right?
0: late? <laughs> <laughs> uh, define late. Uh, midnight? No, I'm like 11. Oh, okay. Except I was out there at midnight chasing a drone with my BB gun a couple nights ago.
1: If <laughs> I <laughs> <laughs> switch it up to the 12 gauge, they'll, they'll know you mean midnight.
0: <laughs> I know. I know. So, Miss
8: Emma. Yeah. Yes, Emma. Could, could I ask you about Japanese auto racing, which is the
0: <laughs> this this exactly? <laughs> yeah.
8: yeah, and and like the, in, the influence of gambling on on that stuff, and just like that, another two wheel culture that I'm just like fascinated.
0: I don't with. know. It's I crazier. the Auto racing or those little speedboat racing. They're both nuts. Yeah, I mean <laughs> the
8: the
2: thing you need to understand about the Japanese culture. The best way to describe it. And I want to be clear that having been in the motorcycle industry, I've worked alongside Japanese people all my working life. So anything I say about the culture is is said with the deepest respect, but with some degree of understanding. But you can kind of sum it up by the Japanese culture is based on working very hard, but playing very hard so if you picture somebody who will work at a very conservative institution like a bank from monday to friday and then friday night go out and get paralytically drunk and be dancing naked on a table (laughs) that perfectly sums up the culture no jim no
0: Ah! <laughs> oh my God. Oh, God! oh, it's gonna happen! Hey, oh, we're hey. gonna make Katie crash. Oh, Jim, put your clothes oh, back God. on. My God!
2: So, in terms of gambling. They take gambling very, very seriously. And, you know, they will bet on the outcome of any kind of race, dog racing, horse racing. But the auto racing with the motorcycle, it's very, very interesting culture. And the bikes have been custom made for this. Now, I don't know whether you've seen that video where you have the auto racing motorcycle against the sport bike and the supermoto and the street yeah, bike, sumo. and it
0: beats them all. Wait, has everyone seen this video? That we're talking about, no. yes. yes. Um, somebody check on YouTube, see so if you can find it so we know what it's called. And it's as she says, it's it's the the guy, and he's dressed like a football player,
2: right? Because that's what they wear.
0: And if you haven't seen these bikes, the bars are uneven. Now, when I say uneven, let's say the one was it the left hand sits probably like eight, eight or twelve inches higher than the right hand. Does that sound yes. about right? Right. So that when the bike is in a full lean, your, your bars, your hands are even.
2: And they've got um, very, very skinny wheels. I think they've got 21-inch wheels, very skinny tires.
0: It, it, look, it looks like a, he's racing a Schwinn Stingray with a giant motor in it.
2: 500cc twin-cylinder engine, very high state of tune. They're about 60 mm-hmm. or 70 horsepower. Very, very lightweight bike. And they can just achieve these crazy angles of lean. And because all the bikes are the same, um, Ian, I don't know whether you were here for my, uh, for my little discussion of Bosuzuku culture. Yeah. And as crazy as it is, it's really quite defined. And it's the same with the bikes. Because the bikes, the parameter of building these bikes is so defined, it all comes down to the skill of the rider. And that's why it's such a popular way of betting because you're presented with four bikes that e- any one of them could win a race easily. So it's down to exactly who is the best rider. So
8: it's all part of the culture. Oh, that's a great explanation. Thank you. That's amazing.
1: Oh, you're very welcome. I, I found the video, I think. Yeah. What's it's it called? Motorcycle racing i put yeah, it in the me. chat as well.
6: What's it? Yeah. Well, there's one called japan's crazy motorcycle race that i found yeah,
0: yeah. there's a bunch of them um yeah. so why why do you think that hasn't uh found a home here emma
2: um because <laughs> of vegas <laughs> you know i mean if you've got if you've got a, a gambling <clears throat> habit why on earth would you not go to vegas
0: i think i think i know the answer to that question actually so, are the manufacturers getting into these racing like MotoGP? So, the, I mean, they're are they doing that to win the races and win money? Or are they doing that to sell more bikes? Yeah, sell more bikes, right? So, how are you going to sell what bikes are you going to sell? You can't put these things on the street, right? I mean, that may be it. I mean, it's just not practical,
2: yeah. And I mean, that's um. That's long been known by manufacturers that you need to put a little bit of your corporate culture even in bikes that don't look like their street counterparts. So Mm -hmm. that's why you get things like Kawasaki Lime Green or Suzuki Yellow. So that you can see the GP bike and even though it doesn't look like your Katana, it's the corporate colour. Right so you can immediately identify it as a suzuki suzuki love yellow with blue graphics that's their corporate Hmm. racing colors just as honda is red yamaha's blue and then um kawasaki's lime green isn't that funny that they each have their own color spectrum that's very very different
6: Although Yamaha was, was yellow and black in the seventies, wasn't
2: it? Yeah, back in the Kenny Roberts days, Yamaha yeah. was always yellow with a black checkerboard. Mm. But they seem to have kind of defaulted to the cobalt blue now. So- uh,
4: I do love the I do love the yellow the bagel. I agree that old seventies yellow block look is
2: the Kenny yeah. Roberts era.
0: <laughs> Emma, what yeah. is what is Triumph's official color?
2: Uh the color of leaking oil though. <laughs> <laughs>
4: What was we're that really
2: brown. Emma? <laughs> British racing brown the color of
4: the <laughs> <yellow>. <laughs> hey, Liza, what was that a uh, discussion you and Emma were having today about British green color
0: Oh oh, we, oh we, we were well, discussing... Emma did you make that announcement yet? No I didn't why did you make oh, that my announcement
4: goodness, did I oh no. yeah you just you just did I have yeah. a premature no, uh, information?
2: I don't know. Well, no, not really, because, you know, I need to announce it. I bought a new bike. Yay! Oh? Who's your boxes
4: you piss in this time?
2: No. <laughs> you get me? So, um, I'm at work, we do a variety oh, yeah. of bikes, because with that kind of shop, and in case you've forgotten, I work at Seaside Superbikes. Yes, that's Seaside Superbikes. If you've got a superbike you need to go to. Seaside Superbikes Cha-ching. for all your superbike needs. Seaside superbikes. So anyway
4: I do have a superbike and I went there and now it's super again. Yeah, thank you.
2: you. Um So to cut a long story short, we had this ancient Triumph Inn that hadn't been run in 20 years, and I got this thing resurrected, and I was tooling around the neighbourhood on it. And I thought, bloody hell, I need an English bike in my life again. And for those of you who followed this podcast for more than a couple of weeks, you will remember that famously last Not last fall, the fall before a Triumph Trident tried to kill me. Well, I've decided to buy another one. Oh. So um, I am now the proud owner of a 1971 Triumph T150 V. Nice. What's the V mean? Five speed. (laughs) Oh, not
6: very fast. Did you just
2: make that up? (laughs) No, that's what the V stands for. Like this. So you see, you're, you, if, if you ever see, like, a T120 is a 650 Triumph Twin, and if you put a V after it, that's the Roman numeral for five. That means it's five-speed. Before that, hmm. it was a four-speed. So I have, and I did a bit of research on my bike, because I knew it was an early bike. It's October 71. Hmm. It is one of the first week's production of five speed bikes.
0: Was it made on a Friday?
2: Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I got it for a very, very good price. It's kind of a sad story, but it's kind of a common story. Is um, An older gentleman had it. Um, He rode it around for a while, 20, 25 years ago, and he decided he wanted to restore it. And so he spent an absolute fortune on new exhaust, new carburetors, absolutely gorgeous paint, not a color I would have chosen, but just beautiful. Spent a fortune on parts, boxed it all up and put it at the back of his garage and um, 20 years go by. And then Mm. now he's moving house and he needed to get rid of it. And so I got it for a very, very good price. The paint job alone. I'm sure cost him what I paid for the bike. And the saddest thing is I'm going to get all the paint off and paint it in a color I like (laughs) because, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm really leaning towards purple. So how Um, far,
4: how far away is the bike from running?
2: You know, I mean, truthfully, the major hurdle to stop it running, it needs a wiring harness. And Hmm. It's not as big a job as people think. I mean, we put a wiring Mm -hmm. harness on Yuri's Norton Commando in two hours today.
4: Yeah. I was watching that today. That was fascinating.
2: Yeah. Um, So it's not a massive job. If I was to put a wiring harness on it, I could probably have it running next weekend. But I'm not going to because I want to be respectful to the bike and... Jim, you know what my bikes look like. So to get <laughs> it yeah, from I where do. it is to where I want it to be, you know, I'm probably thinking a year.
4: Yeah, well, between the Gucci and Tubbo, you know, obviously you pour through every little inch of the bike. So, yeah, in, in a year, you can do a,
2: a lot. Yeah, so. exactly. And, you know, it'll give me a chance to accumulate the correct parts, source the correct so m- color for it.
4: How and- much is how much? How much is going to be stock parts? How much is going to be shit off Harleys and Geeksies <laughs> and France
2: This one, I mean, it's going to be like, the way I'm seeing it, I, th- I think I can be respectful to the bike by doing like a resto mod. So the color's going to be right. The basic bike's going to be right but I'm going to update what needs updating. Um, The biggest hurdle with the Triumphs, they always had this very tall, skinny rear wheel, which I hated. So Mm. I'm going to put a slightly more conventional size size wheel on the back.
0: Can we throw out a challenge for you? Yeah, please. I challenge you to use any part from a Yugo on this bike.
4: (laughs) Or a Citroen. (laughs) (laughs)
8: <laughs> or a lot of <laughs> you're on <laughs> ah!
0: <laughs> she just went through all Maybe the parts a on a Yugo and went ah I can use that <laughs> clip behind be some... the headlight <laughs> yeah
6: brakes, brakes. <laughs> yes. now, now now, where are you going to find a Yugo part <laughs> oh I
2: can, I can I can find anything I actually I'll, t- I'll tell you a good Yugo story so right. years and years ago back when I had a little more money than I do now I had a wonderful contraption called a Jensen Interceptor. And a Jensen Interceptor is, um, it's a British car with a bloody great American engine in it. And it's, I mean, they came like that stock. So you imagine kind of like, um, does everyone remember what the Avanti looked like? It was yep, kind yes. of like, it was kind of like a coupe, but it had this mm-hmm. big Chrysler V8 engine in it. <laughs> and it had electric fans to cool the radiator. And Jensen hadn't listed fans for years, so you couldn't get them anywhere. And I found out that they were exactly the same as in a Yugo. So I went down (laughs) the local wrecking yard and pulled two fans out of two different Yugos, put them in, they were perfect. Nice. So, you know, obviously, Hugo and Jensen source their fans from the same same corner of a Lucas warehouse. So you can do anything. <laughs> but if that is a genuine challenge, I will put apart from a Hugo, <laughs> or
0: yeah. whatever car you mentioned yeah. on that bike. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Did you get my text Liza?
0: Uh, no.
4: I can I only chat. hope it's a turbo, Emma.
0: No, I mean. Hey, it's-
4: so, Emma, hey, how, how was it? So, Yuri had his, what, 70 71 Norton. Yeah, the wiring harness in, he just didn't know what to connect the what, huh?
2: Well, you know, I mean, wiring, a lot of people draw a blank with wiring. And it can be a bit intimidating, but you've just got to kind of think it through, lay, and figure out where the components are on the bike. And lay the harness on, actually getting it to lay on the bike properly is, is... is step one And every single bike Whether it's Japanese, English, Italian It doesn't matter where It has a correct routing for the harness And so my advice is If you're going to do this job at home Take a few pictures of your bike first No, No, I'm talking to
3: Liza The chat room on the fucking thing
0: I know I'm just <laughs> responding to you on my phone You send a dick
4: I yeah, guess it's a giant it. hog. Uh, I
3: get yeah, you, no, do you no want no to go punishment. ahead? Oh, oh, no. Are we wrapping up? Has it been two hours? Or are we going to keep going on here?
0: It has not been two hours. I still have email oh, really? to
3: read. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, uh, I take a shit.
0: But do I you I have a, an announcement to make?
3: Yeah. I just want to say uh, condolences to our buddy um, Phil at Cleveland Moto who recently lost his mother. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think oh. that happened today or yesterday. I didn't yeah. know that. I'm so, so that. sorry. I'm so um, um, our most sincere sorry. condolences, Phil. And yeah, sorry for everybody, lot, dude. Yeah.
2: yeah, we love you, Phil. Um, yeah, love
3: you, Phil. Yeah.
2: You know, I know she was a very old lady, but um, I, I saw his post and she was surrounded by family and those who loved her. We should all be so lucky. So we're thinking of you, Phil. Yeah, rest in peace
0: yeah, Helen Waters. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, rest in, yeah. Um, Much love. I actually almost I actually almost lost my mom today. What?
2: Um, she lost her biscuits over no, Charger.
0: She was about he to was knock
4: Terry's go. teeth out. She was going to give Terry a right out
0: electric Terry. Oh, and then, no. And then uh, about Charger running around chasing her cats in her yard. Oh, and then geez. he was like, Hey, Liza, I'm sorry. I got your neighbor so upset. I'm like, That's my mom. <laughs> <Huh>? He's like, <laughs> oh, oh, man. <laughs>
4: Oh, it's funny. I haven't seen Dusty in four months. I got my head underneath your trailer looking for cracks. My ass is up. Is that Jim? I'm like, hey, Dusty. I'm I'm yelling at I'm yelling at the guy with the dog. You know, I just I'm just gonna go yell at him. And she freaking tore off and tore in. Next thing I know, your neighbors are like, hey, Jim, can you do something? Dusty's yelling at Terry. All, all eighty five pounds of her just ripping him a new asshole
7: yeah i know
4: she's brilliant i love it was mom.
7: it was a sight for sure yeah wow
4: mom is great so sorry, if i Phil. had to raise you liza i yeah. would be like your mom too
7: <laughs> <laughs> um
0: uh, Noc, you gotta bump out think so you gotta go clean the smegma under your arm
2: yeah i gotta get my tupperware back yeah <clears throat> back to motorcycles
0: um all right. I- I'm
2: very I'm very happy about this. I mean, I've said this before. It's as good a time to say it again. And you know, I own a Japanese bike, I own an Italian bike. I love all motorbikes, but my heart's always with British bikes. Always. And, and it just it, it yeah, no. I mean, I I really love them, but I need a British bike in my life. Well, that's there you go
0: proper i don't know There's- emma we're both buying uh 70s bikes right now we might be starting somewhere. oh yeah your kz 400 <clears throat> should be
2: arriving quite soon. it is
0: on a truck wow. somewhere yeah. i don't know where extra- ra-
4: I, I think the race is on the race is oh. on whose bike's gonna be done first oh, oh mine mine'll you. be
0: running I mine. yeah, because i don't Long before mine i don't care about the little before. details <laughs>
8: <laughs> did you did you keep your kz uh outside year-round in boston
0: yeah i did actually
8: (laughs) that's a fun experience
0: (laughs) yeah tell me i mean to go and like wipe all the snow off and then sit down and start riding oh yeah that that was a that was a great bike i enjoyed it um but you know what i have an email from mike olson and he's also trying to find the right bike he's been getting different advice from us and from others um He needs some more advice. So let's catch up. You guys might remember, he said uh, a few podcasts ago, he had a question about his shitty Sportster suspension. Yes. Remember that one? He said, We had a room, right? We had a lot of, yeah, we had a lot of great advice. Somebody said in response to buy a sport bike to fix his suspension issue. Um, That's
2: not really. That productive, but
0: And he heard from someone else to buy another Harley to fix the problem.
5: That's not productive um, either.
0: <clears throat> so he says, I was actually gonna go look at a Ducati after listening to your response on my question. And I sent a message to Recycle Santa Cruz Facebook page, which I get, and uh you know, asking, I remember getting this, I didn't realize it was him, and he was saying, Hey, look at this bike, is this a good deal? <clears throat> Should I get it? And I said, the response was, um, yeah, everyone should make the Ducati mistake once in their life. Go for it.
4: (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't surprise me at all, by the way.
0: (laughs) So it said that made him double guess his decision. He had already had an appointment set up with the seller to check out the bike, but decided to bail on that, but still called him to let him know he wouldn't be coming. Thank you. For that, for what kind of it.
3: Ducati was it? Did he say?
0: I don't remember which one it was. I think it might have been the a 900 SS. A what?
3: It a might have been SS? a 900
0: SS. I think like in '98 or something. Okay.
3: Um,
0: right. uh, so uh, he, so he bailed on that bike. Um, Is that
3: a two valve? That's a two valve, right? Yeah. The 900s. Yeah, those yeah. are pretty reliable, from what I understand.
0: They, I mean, they are.
2: They, they suffer fun, from exactly the same problems as any European bike that's got a few years on it suffers from. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. And, and so I want to clarify, too the reason I said everyone should make the Ducati mistake, I did myself, too. And it wasn't a mistake for me. It was a good bike, and I had a lot of fun with that bike. But yeah. it's like playing a game of hot potato. Uh, which is a game you played where it has that bomb and everyone keeps passing the bomb and then somebody's well, holding it when it blows up. That's what's it like for for a bike like a Ducati and then I sold it to a friend and then in his hands just things started aging out. The slave cylinder like right. this thing just started aging out and it was expensive, and expensive and expensive can, to can repair share these The things.
2: experience of a young man um, Who's left a Ducati with us? Where I work. Sure. Should I remind you where I work? Oh, please do. <laughs> Seaside so Superbikes for all your superbike needs. Yes, Cha-ching. that's Seaside Superbikes. Um, Ducati Monster. Especially
4: the inline four.
2: <clears throat> yeah, um, Ducati Monster uh, 600. Mm-hmm. He bought it. He's, he bought it used. It was not a massively expensive bike. I think he paid three grand for it. Okay. Well, um,
0: I'm listening because my nephew bought one for about the same price. And now he just mentioned to me, hey, I think I got to do the valves now. Is that easy?
2: Right. Well, no, this is <laughs> Isn't that. So he <laughs> he um, had the bike for about a week. And he lives on quite a steep driveway. So as he was maneuvering the bike out of the driveway, mm. um, he crashed it quite heavily at very, very low speed and the sidestand lug, which is cast as part of the crankcase halves yep. snapped off, hold the crankcase halves and basically his bikes totaled. Mm-hmm. I got my welder friend down there and I said, look, man, this kid's not got a great deal of money. Um, can we do this in situ? And he said, absolutely not you got to pull the engine, you've got to split the cases. And so by the time you've done the calculations on that, it's simply more than the value of the bike. So having ridden the bike for a week and dropped it at really walking pace in his driveway, now his bike is scrap.
4: Ooh. Yeah, and we all drop bikes all the time.
2: Right. That's and, right. Yeah. and that's, it's simply a crap piece of design Bolting your side stand onto the engine. That's like the classic
3: Italian quote unquote character, right? Like, oh, mm-hmm. just cast this boss
1: right into your fucking. Well, is, is,
5: is, is it,
1: isn't the engine a frame member? Yeah, yeah but there, there is
2: sufficient yeah. frame. There's like a, f- a piece of frame coming down the side yeah. of the engine, but there's two bolts holding the side stand on. One is on the frame, one is on. The, the engine case.
1: Oh, I mean, and, why would
2: you do it any other way? <laughs> well, yes. But, you know, so there's that. On Conversely, there's a lot of people riding around on 600 Monsters who are having a wonderful time with it. Yeah. It's just luck of the
0: draw. Yeah, to be clear, I'm not saying Ducatis are bad bikes. I really enjoyed mine. It's yeah. just, just like with BMWs of a certain age, they will quickly become more uh more cost to repair than they're worth.
2: Right. And, and but and bikes are different now. I'd recommend a 1970s BMW to anyone. Oh yeah. But because not not you- a 90s. Right, because yeah. if you want a bike that is infinitely rebuildable that is the bike. And you can actually make them oil tight and reliable in a way that you can never do with a 1970s English bike.
5: Yeah,
0: so do you want to know
2: uh, what, yes. what so,
0: Mike uh, found? Go on. So he said uh, he found uh, a 2004 Dyna Super Glide fuel injected model uh, posted on Craigslist Uh $5,500 with 24,000 miles.
2: Oh, that's great for a Super Glide,
0: I know, right? Oh, wow. Um, he went to check it out and ended up getting it for 5200 Woohoo! brilliant, great condition. Nice. He took it on a ride over the Cuesta Grade, where there are three spots that, on his Sportster, sent lightning bolts up his spine. But on the Dyna, he could barely feel them. So, yeah. to whoever said buy another Harley to fix the Sportster suspension problem, thank you. Oh, oh right on. And for knock, <laughs> get better. There you go. Thanks, misfits. You all rock.
3: Wait, what? What did
2: he say?
0: Get better, knock. It, oh, get better, thanks. homie. Yeah, he's Thanks.
2: actually been kind to you. So uh he's in the uh I guess he's in the Southern of Southern San California, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Fantastic.
0: So Lots that's how you salt. fix your sportster problem is buy another Harley. And
2: the mm-hmm. Super Glide has always been my favorite Harley since the nineteen seventies.
0: And um yeah, I mean I- I'm glad I gave him that advice. Yeah, go for it. Everyone needs to have a Sportster mistake. I mean, a, sorry, a, a Ducati mistake. But that—that's simply what it is. I think anyone who's buying a Ducati, when it's an affordable Ducati, that's what you're going to get in trouble with. Yeah. Don't buy an affordable Ducati.
6: Yeah. <laughs> because it's not. <laughs>
0: because well, you not. know, there's
6: there's a <laughs> ton of people
2: out out there who watch Craigslist, and they'll see ST2s and ST3s and even ST4s come up. And they're like, "Oh, that's cheap for yeah. you, caddy. Yeah,
3: and I still want an M900. And, I mean, like, I'll put the work in on it, but it's like, you know... I, it's yeah, but that's the one it. to...
2: No, but that's the one to have, knock. Because yeah. the M900, especially the carbureted one, mm-hmm. is essentially quite a simple bike. I yeah. mean, you've got you've got to replace the rubber bands, mm-hmm. and that's okay. Yeah. And the electrics are a bit cold blimey. But mm-hmm. otherwise... It's basically quite a simple bike. Yeah. So if you're going to do a cheap Ducati, do an M- M900 or M600. Those are the ones to do it on.
0: Or I loved, well, yeah. I mean, I did love my 95-900 SS. Um, but, yeah, it's hard. Um, got another email. <clears throat> and this is yes. somebody also looking for some help. This one is from Rick Flores. He says, I was hoping you could point me in the direction was for that, some... Where, 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 Rick Forrest? Floris. Oh, Floris. Yeah, Floris. Okay, um very good. Hoping you could point me in the direction for some parts I'm having a hard time finding. Oh. He has a 1975 Honda <laughs> QA50. Easy. All right. And he says he's in need of a new exhaust pipe and air filter along with some minor parts here and there. Do you happen to know of any places I can find the parts for this without breaking the bank or some some DIY tips for fixing an exhaust with some holes due to corrosion? Um... And I can tell you, I did respond and I said... Uh, eBay is still the best place to go. Um, sure. but also, most bikes do have a forum somewhere. And a lot of people who are into these esoteric bikes have a stash or a parts bike, or they know where to get it. They know what you know, farm in Ohio has a stash of them. So, try and find a forum for that. That's really a great place to find hard to find and the, stuff.
8: There's, of course, Bike Bandit if he doesn't know about that, which has a lot of expensive, but Good parts
0: well, for stuff like that. Bike Bandit is going to be um, new, new parts. Um,
2: I am on, carry on talking. I'm on the David Silver website right now.
8: I just want to interject about uh, the last conversation you had and making a a Sportster mistake. I think that the Sportster is a perfect motorcycle. It's a beautiful motorcycle pre-2002, 2001, Mm -hmm. those earlier bikes. And if you threw some 13-inch shocks on the back of it and really raised it up to level out the bike, the line of the bike, and put some knobby tires on it, I want an eight eight three right. just like that. The eight eight three is right. a beautiful bike, just putting that out there.
2: And you know I think Ian, that was what I actually said. If you like the sports run, the only problem is the back suspension, just put some decent um, decent shocks on the back. And, and it'll
8: cost it'll cost you a thousand dollars. That's you know, that's a, that's the problem. Right. So I mean that's any
5: suspension.
2: No, any if 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 anyone wants to Google what a stock mid-70s Sportster looks like, like a 73, 74, oh, 75. beautiful. Just stock Sportster. They're crushingly handsome bikes. And I think at some stage, the Sportster's lost its way a little bit. 100%. 100%. Um, you know, it's become more of a, a, a cruiser. And it's not. It, it, it was a really good-looking standard back in the day.
0: It, it has fallen I, um, back on my radar and I probably will have one someday. Oh my god, the QA fifty. What a weird Yeah, tiny looking little thing. thing. Um yeah,
2: it's like a little mini bike. Yeah. There's
8: the Sportster. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's yeah, they, exactly what I, I love. mean look at that. That's an absolutely
2: <laughs> lovely bike. In
0: uh, every way. That looks like similar to the one in the art of the motorcycle.
8: That's the very first Sportster.
0: Yeah, I love that, with that solo seat. That's why I said, if I buy an old one, I'm going to make it look like that. Right, 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 emulate that style.
2: Mm-hmm. It, has um, the, it
8: has the fork boots on it. It's great. They're great looking.
2: So, so I am on, um, there's a couple of places to get new parts for a, a QA50. Um, David Silver is one, and he has got quite a few bits and pieces mm-hmm. listed. Um, that's silver as in the color, S-I-L-V-E-R. And then um, there's C-S-M-N-L, C-S-M-N-L. They have everything. The only thing is with those guys, they're in Holland. Obviously NL is the Niederländer. So the the shipping can um, get up there a little bit. But there are plenty of parts available for it. Um, as far as your exhaust goes, you know, the problem is with exhaust, they tend to rot from the inside out. So if you see a pinhole on the inside, it's probably a bloody great hole on the, uh, inside. So yeah, I'm not sure what you'd do with that.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. I, I mean, can you find something of a similar diameter? Yeah,
2: truthfully. I mean, play around with it, unless you're entering it in the local Concorde d'Elegance. Is that
0: like a one-inch yeah. one inch pipe, probably?
2: Oh, probably smaller than that. Really? Tiny little thing. It'll be like your
0: pinky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so maybe like a, a mm-hmm. moped exhaust.
2: Yeah, um, but it's a four-stroke, so you don't have to worry about doing a... Um, you know, an expansion chamber or anything like okay. that. Do like, like a little megaphone on it. And I believe they were black painted and not chromes. So, you know, um, truthfully, you can always do the orange Julius can and the safety wire. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I prefer the Foster's can.
2: G'day, mate.
0: <laughs> um, I think that about wraps up. For Did anyone have any last announcements they need to make?
4: Well, I'll just say one thing. Thanks to uh, Emma helped me out today um, doing some wiring. I wired some lights into the CRF 250. And what Emma helped me with in a little bit would have taken me like two days. So thanks, Emma. I really appreciate your help.
0: Oh, Tom's with us. Hey, Tom. Where? where? Oh, hey. And I'll say thanks to Jim for helping me today and changing out the tires on the trailer, getting it ready for our big trip next month. Well, what?
4: Well, your success motivated me. (laughs) <laughs> like I was all lazy. You're like, check it out. And I'm like, all right. And then we got one off or one on. I'm like, okay. That's so I think our trailer is sorted out for South Dakota.
0: Trailers Fantastic. Out. Exactly. So um, uh, who are you getting to run the garage next week? I was just about to say, the next thank you is going to go to Emma for running the show next weekend while I'll be with Jim doing uh, being tortured by Jocelyn.
2: Hopefully not right. dying. Which means <laughs> yeah. that I will be in charge and Everyone has to do
1: exactly <laughs> what I Inoculate said. with someone else uh, in charge.
4: <laughs> I do have one last request. We got a, a glimpse of a history hole that I would like to request as a Patreon subscriber. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like here Emma talk about, talking about tires and tire mounting. It was fascinating. We were chatting a bit <laughs> as we were mounting trailer tires today, and I'm like, oh, my God. I'm learning so much about tires all of a sudden. How to mount them?
0: I think, yeah, and we she talked she,
4: about vulcanizing glue. She got to floor,
0: relive her youth.
2: Well, uh, yeah, you my my, that my that very first like, job, huh. my very first job out of school, I was a tire fitter. Nice. And the um the tires that wouldn't fit on the machine because MG midgets and Mini Coopers had tiny, tiny little holes in the middle of the wheel.
5: Mm-hmm. And
2: they wouldn't fit on our, our machine, so you had to do them by hand. So <laughs> I figured out very, very quickly how to fit tires by hand. And you know, because everyone else was very mean to me because I was the new person on the block, they always made me. So how many, many and, how many,
4: how many tires do you think you fit by hand during that period of your life?
2: Oh, a couple of hundred. Fucking
4: like car For tires. Sure. That's hardcore.
2: Oh, you know, it's hey. I've seen, and I can do big rig tires by hand because the technique's the same.
6: You know, just just bigger spoons.
2: Yeah, bigger spoons. <laughs> she didn't even use you spoons, know. bagel. I got, I got a question. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Did Jeremy ever get his forks on today? No, no, no. no? We did, went out. Okay, no, but we did an inspection on um, Jeremy's bike just to, as a recap. Jeremy smashed up his super hawk and bent it into a pretzel shape. However, it looks like the forks took the brunt of the impact. Oh, yeah, Yeah.
0: the the rim was fine.
2: Yeah, Yeah. I do want him, um, knock. I want him to put that lower triple tree of yours on it. You think so? Yeah, I have that too. Yeah, Mm -hmm. even if it's not, um, ostensibly bent when you have that kind of impact you know the the lower triple really takes it so here's a misfits top tip Mm -hmm. if you have been involved in a major fork bending accident even if it looks good in the lower triple tree put a new one on safety first guys yeah
3: yeah you uh, probably want to get just new uh, steering head bearings while he's at it there too because i might as
2: well they're cheap as chips
3: yeah, yeah i mean it's it, like a hit like that will probably just you know fuck those up anyways yeah
0: right. and emma I, I learned that lesson when i was building my triple the 79 uh, xs 750 and um it just it was i couldn't get it Straight, you know, I replaced the fork tubes. That wasn't it. I replaced the handlebars and the risers. No, that wasn't, wasn't it. it. I finally replaced the lower triple tree and that was it. And you think that thing is cast and it doesn't look like it could bend or tweak at all, but it was.
5: Yeah.
2: And sometimes in really, really bad cases, the actual stem that goes up through the headstock mm. of your bike will tweak. Yep, and now you've got real problems because it'll have a tight spot in it.
5: Mm. So
2: um, no, that's any bike that's been crashed heavily. You should always replace the lower triple. It's it's where yeah. all the force goes. Did you
3: inspect the uh, the head tube to where the frame meets it? I, I looked very briefly. Didn't see any eh,
2: crack. No, it, it's fine. I mean, the biggest problem yeah. he's got is one of the lugs for the fairing just snapped clean off the headstock. But yeah. somebody yeah, can take know. that back on. That's easy enough.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I think we've made it through oh. another episode of motorcycles and misfits, y'all. We did it. Um <laughs> next week, even more stuff to talk about. I hope I don't get injured. I hope I can no. still do this. <laughs> yeah. Do you have oh, your, don't have the I do. Underneath your armpit. I've got all oh, the insurances. God. Yeah, I'm gonna
4: bring the air mattress in the truck in case you have to just lay in the back of the truck on the way home.
0: Truck, we're riding our bikes down there. That's true. I just, I'm already planning if It'll I get injured, I was just gonna put myself across the back seat of your bike, like when you have like a dead person on the back of your horse. Yeah. Just like throw the carcass across. That's my plan.
4: It wouldn't be the, the first time you're a bitch on my bike license, so that's it. Okay. <laughs> It'll be fun. I'm stoked. We have a good time. I'm really looking I forward to Jocelyn's so cool. So conscious, we're gonna have a hoot.
0: And uh thank you, Micah, for sharing your story of becoming a- an instructor. I-, I love this this arc that you've been on. I can't wait to see what oh, I is think next. It's,
2: tra- it's just tremendous.
7: I can't wait to start doing it. I will let you guys know how I how much I enjoy it once we once I can actually do it.
3: It's very Star Wars. You get to like do Jedi training and shit. And
7: yeah, sudden... totally. I'm so excited. It's gonna be <laughs>
4: Nice. So, um, Sherman riding his bicycle.
7: You no, know, no, it's a, I
0: believe it's an electric bike, isn't it, Josh? Is that the bicycle or the bike? Yeah, there you dude, go. Dude, holy shit. Yeah. That's, Star Wars. Okay. That's enough. That uh, is so
4: cool. Sorry, I'm on my phone. Okay. I didn't see that before. Yeah,
0: he just hit warp Josh speed on that thing. Hey, right and on, um, dude. quick reminder we got a few more people who signed up uh, as Patreon supporters, and they got a couple more shirts. I'm down to a couple XL and a couple large. So, if you want to get one of our our free shirts off of uh, for our Patreon supporters, just go to Motorcycles and Misfits on Patreon, and for five dollars or more a month, you will get a free shirt sent to you. As long as it's a large or extra large. Get it <laughs> exactly. Um, so, thank you to all of our our Patreon supporters so far. Um, I've been using the money to buy stuff like more camera equipment for the new show, stuff like that. So uh, yeah. And you know, thanks to uh,
2: everyone who's joined us on this podcast. I think it's just wonderful. I know. Yeah, next time we'll Great. let him talk
0: instead of them. <laughs> <Look at> Benjamin. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's on the East Coast. <laughs> Is Benjamin
2: in bed?
4: Look night. at Benjamin.
0: I
2: just night saw night, him. Good night, Benjamin. I just
4: scrolled over. I couldn't see everybody. Oh, <laughs> I would to <have> Benjamin. <laughs> that's funny he and I'm
0: pretty him? sure Tom fell asleep at some point <laughs> <laughs> he looks he looks no,
2: goofy. Tom's always oh funny. god oh, we have, we the have absolutely beard. the best fans of the podcast I don't know Tom's Maybe in a hammock is
0: in a hammock <laughs> (laughs) i know so um so far they've they've been all been good so maybe we'll do this again uh, another time soon i like dropping the link it's just kind of fun and then getting some of our old misfits like quiet matt and josh joining us is cool too hey it's
2: always good to see you quiet matt do you still have the bmw darling
1: i do it's giving me no trouble it's great
2: (laughs) okay yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah With the Golf nice. GTI fuel injectors in it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, hey, go to motorcyclesandmisfits.com. Check out the website. You'll find all the pictures I've put on there. You'll find all of our back episodes uh, all the way down to episode number one and some of our favorite episodes. If you haven't already checked out, uh, one of my favorites so far is the greatest interview we've ever done with Gary Davis. There you go. Yes. And uh, yeah, keep coming back, and don't forget to go to our YouTube page, Recycle Santa Cruz, and check out the latest videos there. I'm gonna go drop the uh, the new video on there tonight, so there'll be
8: that. Like a mm-hmm. shocker. Listening yeah. to that Gary Davis the interview, shaka. yeah, and then going back yeah. to watch Terminator 2 while listening to the <laughs> Gary Davis interview. Highly recommended experience.
0: Yeah, mm. right. Yeah, cool stuff. All right, and knock. Keep getting better. Um, Thanks. I'm so glad you can put a shirt on now. That's big steps. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I'm a, I'm a lot more casual now. It was just formal button-up shirts <laughs> I was wearing the last three
2: days. Yes. Uh, uh, knock, darling. Um. As you become more dexterous, see if you can navigate your way around a shaving instrument. There's a- no, I know, right? I look like a fucking bum.
1: <laughs> you look like a
2: lumberjack, darling.
1: Yeah, i a be a
4: punk. I know, you look kind of hot, bro.
0: Yeah, yeah. All
2: texture. right, texture. Texture.
0: All right, let's wrap this up. Thanks, everyone, for listening. This is Liza,
2: Emma dolly This is Doc. <laughs>
1: Micah. Awardian. Gosh. <laughs> are we done?
7: Yeah.
0: Yes.
4: Naked gym son.
0: And we are out of here.
3: Hey, oh, thanks, Gasol. <laughs>